The temperature is nice and warm in the Boiling Point Podcast studio, so come on in, get cozy, and let's enjoy the conversation. We empower leaders through thoughtful discussions to positively impact our world. Our host, Dave Vale, founder and CEO of Vision Coaching, Inc., is highlighting how we can thrive in business communities. Our conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, and inspirational storytellers are shining a spotlight on empowerment. Joining Dave this week is our special guest host, Emily Roger. Let's join the conversation with Dave and Emily. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Boiling Point Podcast. So Dave and I, Dave, it feels like a long time since I've seen you on Zoom. Yeah, it has been too long. Yeah, summer's been good. Summer's been great. So, well, summer's been different. Let's put it that way. I, 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 it's been it's had some ups and downs, and we'll talk about that in the in, a, in a, another podcast, it's an upcoming podcast. But um, but weather wise, beautiful. Uh, I've had boats in the water. Only one bilge pup went on me so far, so it's been pretty good. Um, good. Not too much maintenance. And you have been traveling the world, running and doing crazy ultra marathons and um, making making me feel like a slacker really um well but i'm really inspired by what you've been doing well i've been mostly pacing other people for their ultra marathon so i just go and run and then peel off 100 meters before the finish line and like (laughs) yeah but i've got i've got some some stuff on the calendar coming up so it's good training for me and uh yeah like talk about the coach approach and the lessons that i have learned from pacing um people during ultra marathons and how taking such a non-direct coach approach is kind of the way to go in that role um so yeah lots of takeaways from that and we can save that for an entirely different conversation that's a conversation unto itself and i really look forward to it um because there's so many as we've said there's so many parallels with coaching and um you know the profession we love as well yeah yeah So today's guest, I am very excited about this. This is someone who like, when I run into her, like this smile goes on my face and it's like, ah, Stephanie, (laughs) you are just such a like bright shining light. And it's funny when I was kind of um, thinking about you this morning on my bike ride, actually, I was kind of laughing back at the days where initially we would have met in high school and, uh, Remember we had law class together? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, do I remember? <laughs> and I was like, what do I remember from that class? And I'm like, well, it served me well because I've never gotten in trouble with the law, but that's as, as the extent of uh, what has transpired of that class for me. So welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Em. Thanks. I'm excited. And, yeah. And so Stephanie, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I will not do you justice. So for our listeners, tell them a little bit about um, yourself. Sure. Um, my name is Stephanie Lukes. I am from Fredericton, New Brunswick, and I'm the founder of Rabbit Town Beverage Company. Um, I'm also a full-time designer, a full-time parent, uh, an athlete of sorts, uh, more beer league athlete now these days. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. I think that sums it up. So you're still doing graphic design along with everything else that you were doing. Oh yes. Yeah. So I do like, I, I work full time for Horizon Health Network. So I am their only designer on staff. Uh, so I ne- I design for the entire province um, 
which is needed. <laughs> and then I also do for fun because I have so much time on my hands. I design all the labels for Grim Ross Brewery as well. So I do that because it's super fun and you know, the beer is a perk. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And so with rabbit town, I kind of want to touch on that first. So is that all non-alcoholic? Oh yes. And the, and the, it will only be non-alcoholic. Okay. That was the biggest drive for me in creating this product in general was, look, I worked for four craft breweries across Atlantic Canada. Um, anything from filling up growlers to, to being sales and marketing to special events. Like I did it all. And there was always like a missing piece. Um, you know, the, the rise of the craft beverage business, sorry, the craft beer business in New Brunswick skyrocketed 10 years ago and it's still going, it's crazy, but there hasn't really been a non-alcoholic craft beverage movement yet. And I just winked there for all you listening. So, <laughs> so there's a lot, there's a lot of room for, for folks who want to get into making beverages. It, it wouldn't matter what it is. Right. So uh, I know um, cocoa lemon, they make a really funky lemonade with uh, honey. Um, there's some kombucha folks running around, like there's all kinds of non-alcoholic products that are hitting the market. And, uh, and Sobeys is just loving every second of it. And so where is, oh, go ahead, Dave. Oh, I was just going to, I was going to ask about the name. You're, I, I just, yeah. very catchy and I've heard it before yeah. uh, and I'm trying to remember where, and just, it really sticks with me. And so what, what, what's with the name? Oh man, so I, the story, the story is insane. So, okay. So I started with a coffee truck. I bought this like easy hauler trailer and retrofitted it. And I decided to, to put a, an expensive espresso machine in it, like more expensive than my first car kind of deal. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so um, I also wanted to get into coffee roasting as well. I thought that would be kind of fun. And at the time I lived right downtown in Fredericton. So there's this kind of quadrant called Rabbit Town in Fredericton. So it goes from Donald Street down to Charlotte, York to Smythe. So that kind of quadrant is called Rabbit Town. And that's where all of the um, factory workers lived in the 19th century. So um, the heart shoe, the heart boot and shoe factory, the chestnut canoe factory, the train station was there. So there was a lot of blue collar workers who just liked to have a ton of fun and also worked, worked their butts off. Right. So, um, so I was living in that area at the time and, and I was trying to roast these coffee beans and look, we had, like I was using a popcorn maker and <laughs> roasting these beads out of this tiny little apartment I had. And it was so smoky and stinky that I had to turn the air conditioner on like the opposite. So the, 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 the air would go out and like, yeah. just like smoked out my entire apartment. It smelled terrible. And as I'm staring at the window, airing out my apartment, there's a sign that said rabbit town park. And I was like, Oh man, there it is. And that's just, it's stuck. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a little history in Fredericton, New Brunswick, which is yeah. people that aren't from this neck of the woods. It's in Eastern Atlanta, Canada. And um, and it's it is a very historic town, and it's and I'm 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 not from there, but I, I visit and love it. But I did I didn't know that Rabbit Town piece, so that's very yeah. cool. Well, here's a fun fact: there's Rabbit Towns all over Canada. There's Ooh. one in Newfoundland. There's one in Calgary. There's one, and it must be some sort of like like an old saying for like an area of town, like uh, like the industrial park or whatever. Like it's the same kind of thing, but um, it's typically where you know the uh the blue collar workers were living or like you know the the uh what is it like doby houses where they're all the same and yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Well, neat. 
Never, I and, and I didn't know that either until I started the company and people were like, I have one in Calgary. And I was like, hey, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> so then coffee to the teas. How did yep. that happen? Oh, man. Okay. So the reason I went with tea is that, okay, when you look at the craft beer market, right? So they took a beverage that is thousands of years old. And they completely reinvented it. And here's a fun fact. Beer beer and tea are almost the exact same age. So tea has been around for the same amount of time that beer has, but nobody has really touched tea to an extent. I mean, there's certainly, you know, the Starbucks and all those folks that really take it. But the wonderful thing about tea is that there's so many varieties of it. There's the green teas, the white teas, the black teas. Like with coffee, it's just coffee. The Mm. only variety is like decaf or light roast. And, and, and it was also extremely expensive. Like the coffee beans are really expensive. And so if I wanted to get, for example, into the cold brew business to make cold brew coffee, I did the financials and I was like, well, this is crazy because the majority of my money would be going into the coffee itself and then the packaging. So I wanted to reduce my costs and then discovered that you can do the same thing with tea. And it's a great base. Like it's perfect. I was a bartender for 16 years and you know, but you understand flavors and you understand how to build them. And there's certain things that are a great base, like cranberry juice is a great base for things when you're a bartender. So the same thing would be with tea, like it's a perfect base and then you can launch off of that. So I was taking fresh basil, muddling it in a cocktail shaker in my little coffee truck and and taking fresh peaches and shaking it up into a cocktail shaker and pouring it out. It was awesome. It was super fun. And, and, my my favorite memories were coming up with the weirdest concoctions like oh man it was it was bad there was a few times where i was like you know what you just keep it i don't even want your money <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> not even on the house it's just on yeah. you <laughs> yeah you just take it like thank you for trying it you're a brave person high five what else can i get you <laughs> cuz it was weird like i was looking at like lemon juice and coffee and like orange spritz and coffee like i was just like let's have some fun it was like a weird science lab <laughs> my little truck <laughs> yeah well in that in in knowing you on a more personal level and just knowing how much of a creative person yeah. you are like this does not surprise me oh it's but the all thing but- is, is yeah you're just like okay let's try it and like i, I have no uh I- i'm blunt and straight up so i'm like if this tastes like shit you just let me know because uh I need to know that. And if you think there's some possibility, let's let's work with it, man. Let, let's have some fun. So it's, it's been, that's really been my motto in life. I don't know. You. I mean, just getting to know you. And I certainly, I was, it's funny you bring up the creative thing, um, Emily, but I just, you, you get that sense right away that this is someone, you know, Stephanie, you, you probably, it's in your, like, it's in your DNA. You have to be creative. Oh yeah. And, 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 and it sounds like you kind of walk, to the you know beat of your own drum you know is is, is what I'm picking up and um and then you had sent a note to Emily and it just seems like this might be a uh you know being that creative person but you talked about I can chat about finding the strength and perseverance t- to launch a completely insane idea and <laughs> I for me you know with my coaching hat on and and just being you know it just really that really um that, that made me very curious and I wanted to hear more about that, that this journey. And I'm wondering if, you know, Emily and I are wondering if you could jump into that and share, share that because um, 
there's so many great ideas and we don't always follow through on those ideas. And, you know, what does it take to, to, to especially a completely, by your definition, insane idea? <laughs> I don't like, I think being curious is the most important aspect of anybody, whether it's in business or in leadership or in coaching, is just being curious, like what would happen if I did this, right? And they always say like, I know Elizabeth Gilbert, I've been listening to her a lot. And she said, she's preached about finding your passion, finding your passion. But what if people don't have passions, right? Like, I don't really have passions. I, I love a lot of stuff. Like, I love to play music. I love to play sports. Like, but I'm not, I'm the jack of all trades, master of none, right? So people are constantly trying to find their passion. And you take that word, that fancy word, and then you try to like elevate it to become some like motivational speech, where the only thing Elizabeth Gilbert says is just be curious, just ask questions. And, and a lot of folks say that, like, why did you get into this business? And I said, well, why not? Why not try? Let's see what happens, right? It's just, okay, if I fail, then you fail and you fail spectacularly. And then you, you say, well, I wonder like, oh, I wonder I failed because of this. So maybe I'll try a different route, right? So it's all process, it's all elimination and it's all have, having the faith in yourself and having the perseverance within yourself and the confidence to say, this could work and it probably couldn't work, but hot damn, I'm going to try anyway, because why not? So it's almost being very comfortable with the idea of failure. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of people are scared of that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, or, and, and who hasn't failed? Oh, jeez, um, Yeah. I have a learning disability. Like I thought I was the dumbest person in the world growing up. Right. And it's, it's, but I, I wasn't channeling the, my proper skills. Right. Like we went to Emily and I went to a high school. There's like 800 kids in our one senior class. Like it was a science and sports school. Like nobody really focused on art and creativity. And there was some, like there certainly was some aspects of it, but um, I think there's a really wonderful um, parallel between entrepreneurship and creativity. Um as well as a some business sense, which I have none. It's just like, I can sell stuff. That's what I'm good at. But anything else, I'm like, oh God, I don't know what's going on. So, but I had, you have to be curious. And because of my background in graphic design and my background in the craft beer industry, it was a perfect combination for me to just launch right into it. Uh, and have, cause I already understood the concept. I know how to put liquid in a can. I know what it takes within that liquid to make it shelf stable. I know what the label should look like because I've done it for four or five years before that. Mm -hmm. um, and I know how to sell it. And I, I, I launched this business the same way you would launch a brewery. I walked into every single place, introduced myself, said hi, left samples, called back, did the thing, boots to the ground, like, and just drove all over the province. And those are my favorite parts because remember, this was a pandemic when I started. I started in July of 2020. So that drop in stuff was really, really hard to do at the time. And I really, really missed it. I had spent years as a bartender talking to people almost every day in small talk stuff, right? So I really missed it. And I think a lot of other folks did too. Um, and that's, it was nice to be able to go back in and say, with my mask on, of course, and say like, hey, I want you to try this. Thanks very much. Bye. You know. <laughs> But you have it's, to kind of be a little get creative with that kind of stuff. 
And so what do you think it is for you, Stephanie, for like taking that thought, turning it into action, which I think is kind of where so many people struggle and with that being okay with, yeah, this could fail. This could fail miserably. And like, what is it for you that lets you take that step of walking in? Like, how do you overcome that within yourself? Oh, it's a gut feeling too, right? Like, it's it's all the it's all about like the power of positivity and like the way that you speak to yourself your inner self is the way that you will ultimately express yourself on the outside so mm-hmm. i never once ever i would never allow myself to say i'm going to fail ever because i already know it's going to succeed and i know it in my heart i know it in my soul so i'm just like all right that's how it's going to have to be so i trust my intuition i trust the universe for putting this really cool idea in my head and and i'm really thankful that i have the skills and the ability to be able to do it and you know having the personality certainly helps that 100% helps like it's crazy how many aspects of a business go into it so it's like the founder's personality um your brand messaging your brand personality your uh, you, just your initial talking, even in public, how you speak at um, tasting events, how you represent yourself uh, online in any capacity. It, it's all encompassing and people make this, and I hate to say it, they make these assumptions. So you have to make sure that those assumptions are going to be good. And I'm hundred percent transparent. You can talk to me about anything and I will tell you honestly and openly. And um, yeah, and that's how I prefer to live my life. So really rabbit town is, 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 is literally an extension of myself and it can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, and that would make it hard. Uh, I, it's funny because we like our DNA becomes part of our company. Right. And, and, and we become part of, we become the brand in a sense. Right. And it's oh, yeah. sometimes that, that in itself, at least for me, um, makes fit like the idea of failure even harder. Right. Because it's like, I'm failing. You know what I mean? And, and yet we have to embrace that on some level to your point. Oh yeah. What it, the, the thing that you're saying that I really like is, you know, it's, um, and Robin Sharma has this quote I'll use and it's like, what's the point of a brilliant idea if you don't have the discipline um, and fierce resolve to birth it into reality? Something mm. like, I, I, I might totally. be paraphrasing, but it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, beautifully said. And that's what I'm hearing. So it's, it's this, you know, the universe put this idea in my mind and I, it's, you know, I packaged it as my personality, but you also talk about like, I'm going to call it the hustle, right? Getting right. out there and getting into, um, you know, and getting in front of people and that constant hustle. Yeah. Yeah. It's and it's constant. It never stops. That's the perseverance piece you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I guess it's perseverance in a different way. Like, like Emily can like bike, like, Texas and back and like with not sweating and I can like look at a bike and start sweating. So it's completely different. <laughs> it was funny. We were just talking about, I was just finished a, uh, a workout before this podcast and I was talking about, I got this fan on me because I'm trying not to sweat. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love how you say that. That's so hilarious. Um, was, you know, the whole sweating thing. And I got someone going, <laughs> someone opened the door behind. Just back there. You just keep going quietly <laughs> and crawling and whatever you're doing. <laughs> There's a laundry room back there, and I kid, so full disclosure. That's, that's all good, man. Yeah, so back to sweating. Yeah, <laughs> He's sweating right now. Like, like, so, yeah, like, like perseverance, I think, is different for, for its individual, right? Like, my version of perseverance is completely different than yours and Emily's, right? So, mine is 
okay, try not to fall apart today. (laughs) (laughs) Do your best, sweetie. Cause you know, like there's certain things, like I call them like little, like successes. And they always say, make your bed first thing in the morning. Cause that's going to be your first success of the day. And so I've taught that to my children and I'm, and I teach that to a lot of folks, like you got to make your bed, man. Like you have to make your bed because that's a small little goal that you've achieved. And that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and if that's all you can do in a day, you're great. Good job. You know? So in every day it's completely different. So like one day, you know, you have the to-do list, right. And you're like, Oh, and it weighs you down and you just keep putting it off. So that's, that's me really. I just put it off, put it off. And then I have to do it last minute. Um, but once it's done, you're like, sweet. So you can put it off for another week, you know, like the next list. So I'm not perfect by any stretch of the means. And, and I know for a fact that a lot of my colleagues are, uh, I don't reply to emails very well. So, um, but I get the message, like I got it. So like, you know, don't worry about it. I got it. I'll take care of it. Yeah, I hear you on the making your bed every single That's true. day. I, I like I could not walk out my front door if my bed was not made. Like I would it would be on my mind for the entire day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I love hearing you talk about stuff was how you mentioned of the things that you're good at and that you are so personable and you can go in and just own who you are, your, your brand, the mission of your company, and really being able to use your strengths and not being afraid of accepting. Oh, yeah. Them. Oh, man. Um, Yeah. And even hearing you talk about passion, and you say that, like, you're not passionate about one specific thing, that there's so many things, but it sounds as if, like, you're just a passionate person. And so passion is going to go into everything that you do. That's fair. Yep. That's fair. I have several different passions, not one big one. Yeah. I can get behind that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. So, Dragon's Den. (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Oh, man. That was crazy. Okay. That was, that was the craziest thing I have ever done. And I've done some crazy shit. So like, that was crazy. Um, So for the listeners and for Dave, yeah, you were on Dragon's Den. Yes. I went up in May. And for for anyone that may not know what Dragon's Den is, maybe we should just give it a quick description if you will. Oh yeah. It's like, I can't imagine someone doesn't, but you never know. Yeah. It's, it's a a group of uh, angel investors that's sitting uh, in, in, on very scary chairs, looking very scary, while entrepreneurs go in and pitch their products in hopes that they will get a deal with one of the dragons. And it's on TV. And it is on CBC. Yeah. And you were on it. 
Yeah. So I auditioned twice. Um, I auditioned last year and made it through to the interview with the producers, but um, I was brand new. So I was only a year old when I auditioned and uh, I just didn't have the sales for them. Um, Then I went back again because I'm just going to keep auditioning until they get me something. And that's the same thing with anything. So with like a co-op, for example, bless their hearts. I just kept calling them until they gave me money. (laughs) Oh, for the love of God, somebody give that girl some money. And I was like, (laughs) so it was the same kind of vibe. Like um, squeaky wheel gets the grease, I guess, as my mom says, but um, yeah, I auditioned and, and met with the producers again. And they seemed to be quite happy with, with the numbers, like the sales figures and everything kind of looked a bit more promising, but then they said they would let me know by the end of April and end of April rolled around and I didn't hear anything. And I said, okay, well, I'm just going to start getting ready for next year. And then, uh, early May, I got a phone call from them and they said, can you be here next week? And sorry, we were late, you know, COVID and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. Because, you know, you always say yes to everything until you realize later that you're like, oh, shit. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, no problem. So I have an employee. Her name is Cassidy. And I called Cass and I said, we got to, you're coming. So let's, I'm going to get you a plane ticket. We'll get us booked in. And I got to write a pitch and we have to practice every five minutes. And we did that for seven days straight. We went up to Toronto. Um, it was a Wednesday and our pitch was on a Friday. And yeah, it was terrifying. Um, we're launching, uh, I guess Rabbit Town is partnering with Graham Ross and we're launching a line of hopped teas. So it's just hops and beer and tea, no sugar, no calories, no alcohol. And it was still very new. And so <laughs> we were using the soda stream and, and hand canning these, these hop teas, like one by one, the night before I was to fly out of Toronto to Toronto. And then I had them packed in my suitcase with like fragile and the labels. I printed them and I printed the wrong size. So I had to, at 11 o'clock the night before my pitch, I had to find an exacto knife in downtown Toronto, which is pretty much impossible. And when I asked, they thought I was crazy. And I was like, no, like it's like an exacto knife for crafts. <laughs> <laughs> So I randomly found one at like a 24 hour convenience store. And so I had to trim these. I think I brought 12 labels. I had to print like hand cut 12 of them. Of course, I didn't have a ruler or a straight edge. So I used the shelf of the mini fridge, the glass shelf that's inside the mini fridge. Like it was bonkers. It was bonkers. But we managed to get in on that Friday morning um, with labels that were you know what? You got to do the best you can with that one. <laughs> I was like, it's in, it's in their hands now. So you can't do much about it. But um, anyway, yeah, we had to wait uh, about three hours. So we went to the studio at the CBC studio on front street and um, went up, we got our own little pod that we were waiting in. And I met all of the other um, people that were pitching that day, which is really cool. Cause it was the last sets of uh, pitches before the season was over so everybody was vibrating everybody was excited everybody was you know it was just crazy anyway I met all these other cool Canadian entrepreneurs and we all became really good friends and we all you know liked each other's Facebook stuff and Instagram stuff and yeah we went in at around three o'clock and I 
was like a ball of nerves. Like I have ADHD already. And then I was like, I have to calm down. So I was doing like handstands in the pod, like just trying to like, I was doing everything, breathing techniques. Anyway, uh, I was just a ball full of energy and they could tell right off the cuff. They were like, who is this crazy person? (laughs) (laughs) I went in in holding my, like, like I just jumped on Cassidy when we were walking in because I was so excited because it's cool. Like I'm staring at Arlene. Like this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Um, And they were so, so, so welcoming. Um, The feedback I got was spectacular. Like, you know, they were very constructive and very um, honest about some of the things, but for the most part, it, it, it was a wonderful experience and I can't say anything else because of an NDA, but um, it was awesome. Yeah. And then I went home to my hotel room and passed out at five o'clock on a Friday night. <laughs> the uh, adrenaline high was over. The endorphin is, cocktail had worn off. Is that what it is? I thought it was like, <laughs> It was definitely a chemical overdose of some kind in my brain because I was like, I couldn't even speak English. Like I was just like, blah, 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 and just went to back to my hotel room and just fainted. <laughs> it was crazy. And it took me months, months to get over it. Wow. Like I, and like when I, does this air? In the fall. So they'll let me know two weeks before, but it's season 17 and that starts in September. And okay. they'll let me know two weeks before when the air date is. And I love, so I love that it was such a positive experience. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Like that's so good to hear because um and it'll be interesting to see how they how they piece it together, right? And does does the actual show reflect what your experience was? Yeah, yeah, because it, ours was about 30 minutes and they only broadcast seven minutes, right? So mm. and I got I got torn to shreds too. Like, don't think I got through unscathed, but I also went to design school where you get you get torn apart pretty much every day. Right. So I learned to develop a tough skin and I've learned that everybody's going to have their opinion and that's okay. And you can say, thanks, man. I really appreciate that feedback. Um, I'll, I'll take that into consideration, you know, because there's so many, so many business people that just, they're so stubborn and they're so like, they will not budge even a millimeter. And, and I don't like that. I'll budge. I'll move whatever you need. <laughs> what do you need? I will move mountains if, if you need me to. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of the feedback was, was uh, like, like, Ooh, okay. That's cool. You know, but for the most part, the experience was awesome. Yeah. Well, and the fact that you like feedback is great. I mean, oh, yeah. and that's the only way we get better. And it, again, it's kind of going back to, um, you know, like, trying to chase a crazy idea down um, and ask, you know, and asking for honest feedback and and being able to receive it and filter it and decide what I want to incorporate and what you don't want to incorporate. Um, That's a real, that's a, that's a very, that's a real talent in my opinion. So, and and that, that can only help on your, whatever entrepreneurial endeavor you're, you're chasing. Yeah. Oh, it, this isn't even like, this is just fun now. Like, this is just like, all right. Like, cause you know, you have your product and I'm going to make more that the, the, the production side is done. Now it's the fun stuff where you can talk to people. You can go to bigger places. Like I went to Toronto, maybe next time I'll be in Vancouver or, you know, like Calgary or somewhere in America. Like, great, let's do it. Let's have some fun. Right. Like I'm not, I don't have any grand goals, you know, like I just do one day at a time. 
Um, I do have small goals for my business. Like I want to saturate Atlantic Canada and I want to stay here for a really, really long time because these are my people. These are the reason I am successful is because of Fredertonians and because of New Brunswickers. There's that, that's it. So I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. My producers are going to stay here. Everything's going to stay here. We're a small province. Come on. So if I can bring a little bit of, little bit of sunshine to New Brunswick, then I will. Yeah, I love that. And it's, um, so you, like, I'm kind of envious as to how like well and how graciously you can just like take no's and turn them into just like pushing forward through it. And so is there, like you talk about design school and, and kind of getting all of those pushbacks of people saying no, or not liking what you've created and stuff like that. Um, What other kind of aspects of life, like have you been able to draw from to help you become just such a confident like entrepreneur and leader and being able to just keep pushing forward. Yeah. Well, I I can be brutally honest here. Like right after Dragon's Den, which was in May, I burnt out like completely and utterly burnt out. I couldn't even, I couldn't even look at a computer. Um, So I I spoke to my colleagues at work and and we all agreed that I was going to take some, uh, some stress leave. And I've spent the majority of that stress leave focusing on myself, right? Because I spent so much time putting out things, like giving things out, like putting out my energy and not bringing it back in that uh, I didn't have anything left to give. And I didn't think that was healthy at all. And I wanted to put my family and my personal life first, right? Like you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people. And I wasn't doing that. So I really started to have, well, Emily, that's when I started fly fishing. I, I, yeah, I went down and saw my buddy, Andrew, and, and he got me really, he got me into it. And I learned meditation and yoga and slowing down and, and really taking it day by day and, and really putting, um, not stressing, like just don't stress. Mm. Right. Cause I was, I was like a crazy person when I got back to Fredericton after I was like, okay, what do I need? Like, I was just like a friggin' ping pong ball. Right. And that, that's not healthy. And so, yeah, we, I took that, I made that decision and and I, and I do not regret it at all. Um, Everybody needs to take that time. Uh, And so like, I can say like, oh, I hustled and I hustled, but it wasn't without, you know, without some sort of struggle at the end. Right. Some, you just optics, man. Yeah. You're happy as a clam, but at the same time, like I have anxiety and I have stress and I have all of these things and that's okay to talk about Mm -hmm. because those are, I think everybody literally everybody is capable of anxiety or it has it. Um, and I want, and, and my biggest push now is to listen to people and say like, Hey man, like I, I see you're having a hard time. Do you want to sit down and talk about it? Because I was having a hard time and I didn't have anybody to talk to about it. Yeah. So, you know, offering a helping hand when you can have the capacity to do that is also really helpful. And, um, yeah, like you can talk about the hustle, but the hustle is what knocked me out, man. So there's got to be a fine line in there. You've got to take care of yourself and your family and and your internal happiness before you can even remotely be successful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, uh, yeah, funny you brought up the fly fishing. Dave, I just recently had seen through social media that Stephanie had started fly fishing and with a mutual friend, Andrew. And so 
Well, like the fact that you started during that time, I mean, that's so much a part of my story. And when I started fly fishing was when I was competitively racing and yeah, burnt out and, um, and just being able to look at things in a different perspective, being able to take that time to slow down, to kind of get out of that hustle environment and get out onto the water or whatever that place is for someone, but that we all need that. And so I'm curious as to with that, it's like, I have all of my own reasons as to why I'm so passionate about fly fishing and how I think that it not think it has made me a better person and expanded my uh, perspective on life, on business, on family, on friends, on everything. What is that? What have you taken from it that you have been able to apply to business, to your life, to? Oh, yeah. Okay. So when I was, when I first started going, Andrew Clark, he's just the coolest dude. And and he took me out. He was my guide and he kind of taught me the ropes. And then the second day we went out and I just wanted to spend the entire day out there. And we did. And then afterwards he said, so what were you thinking about when you were fishing? And I said, nothing. And he said, exactly. And I was like, Oh, you. So like, it, it's, the, it's the water. Like there's magic in that water, man. It's being out in nature. It's the fresh air. It's literally submerging your body in water. It just does something to your soul. It just, just kind of like lets it melt. And, and, and they call it fishing, not catching. Like I could care less if I caught anything. I just do it because I, I, I like this, the skills that I'm developing with, with the, with the rod itself. Mm. I, and I'm a perfectionist sort of, so I want to perfect it. <laughs> I just keep trying and trying and Andrew keeps yelling at me and, and you know, the usual. <laughs> so look, I, I grew up in organized sports too, right? I played you know competitive fast pitch and, and I like that quality sometimes. Like I need that. Like I needed Andrew to say, do it again, do it again, do it again. Right. Especially because I didn't have any guidance at all. I was just like, I didn't know which way was up. So I needed him to ground me in the water and and just help me. And and he really did that without him even knowing it. Yeah. Like he, uh, just him being there and perfect stranger didn't know him from a hole in the wall and just reached out to him. and, And then all of a sudden we became super, super tight like instantly. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just struck by how um, you both know each other from high school. You know, it sounds like, you know, your life's taking in different places and, you know, interesting places. And then you both reached a point where fly fishing of all things <laughs> kind of part of your therapy, you know? And it's just so like, yeah. I'm just back and like, that, that's so, that's wild. Like that, 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 because that, that would, that's not what would come to my mind. And and I clearly I miss I need to try uh, you know I'm, I think we all have those things we we find or but but that whole idea so that that in itself is a really interesting um, just that I'm on with two 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 people that found you know found solace in fly fishing um, the other piece is I just love how openly um, I guess you both talked about you know running into that wall and. And, and I think it just gives permission for other people to talk about it and, and hear it. And, you know, when you're not sharing it, you're sharing it in a very courageous, I think, strong way. And it's really nice to hear. Um, and it's just so nice that we can talk about this stuff and, and kind of try to better understand it than, than pretend it never happened. And, you know, because you're right, the hustle is, is the hustle and there, there is a cost to it, right? Yeah. 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 And, and I think now, like, especially now after the pandemic, I think talking about 
you know, we went, we, we got locked up and the only way you could really express yourself is through social media, which cool, fine. But a lot of folks were like just going through, a, it was a scary friggin' time. Like it was terrifying. And so I think it's really, really important to talk it out because I didn't, I thought I had actually had the best quarantine ever. Cause like, I just got to hang out with my kids. I got to meet them again for the first time. You know, that was really cool. Um, but a lot of folks didn't get that opportunity and, you know, talk therapy and all that stuff. It, you know, it all works. It all works. Like, just try it. Like I decided to try my hand at fly fishing because why not? Right. Or I, I decided to learn how to meditate, which is the, cr- no, I went on one of those surface float thing tanks and I was like a ping pong ball, just bonking back and forth. Like that was not my version of relaxing. Like that was like the opposite. Same. I was like <laughs> singing songs and getting out and, you know, like I just didn't like it, but yeah, there's the, the, the sense like um, one of those tanks you go in and you, yeah, you yeah. the saltwater ones where you just float. Oh wow. Yeah. No, it's not my jam. No. It uh, makes me motion all. sick. Yes. I, it's like, <laughs> I've never been in one, but, I, but what comes to strikes me is I'm a little claustrophobic. I think I'd be thinking all the time is like, what if some, no one opens the door on this thing? Like, right. right. Like, I don't know. Maybe like how is the, to get <laughs> yeah. So like, how is that even more, like relaxed, especially for somebody who, you know, has an overactive imagination and you're just like, <laughs> so yeah, but I do find like guided meditation really helpful. Um, I've been doing uh, um, uh, acupuncture. Um, that's been really helpful. I've been like just going deep within myself and trying to discover the things that are important and and get a, get rid of the things that aren't right. So, and it's a lifelong journey. It always will be, but um, you got to start somewhere. And and I think for anybody who's listening, like you know, anxiety is real and. I was put on medication and then I decided to take myself off of that medication. Uh, and then I went a little nuts and then that's okay. <laughs> but I'm back now and uh, I have more clarity, right? Like that's the thing that, that really bothered me with the meds I was on is I had no clarity. I was just floating through life and that's not who I am inherently somebody who ignores things and just doesn't pay attention. And I wasn't paying attention. Wow. Yeah, powerful what stuff. How do people learn more about you, Stephanie, and and uh, Rabbit Town, and you know, get to check out your products and, and yeah. just get to know you better? Well, sure. Um, I mean, Cassidy runs the social media stuff. We're on there: um, Facebook, Instagram at Rabbit Town Bev. Um, and then you can check us out. We have uh, Sobies is one of our biggest carriers right now. They've been really supportive of me, and I'm actually on my way to a. Uh, photo shoot here after this because they're featuring me in their fall local producer thingy where I have to get my photo taken which is exciting um but yeah all the Sobe stores and then any aura victory has been flying through them like crazy downtown Fredericton um every breweries everywhere you just go on our website rabbittownbev.com and you can find it all there and you can order online as well okay I was gonna ask so if you don't live in New Brunswick you can still check out the product and get it get it shipped absolutely yeah, wow. yeah yeah we can ship it we ship it all over canada um uh, we sent some to bc which is so cool we sent a ton to ontario um and we went to saltscapes in nova scotia just in the spring and the reception from that was unbelievable 
So we have a distributor in Halifax that's representing all the um, small independently owned stores um, that are helping us out. So all the little coffee shops where I got my start, they're doing it in Nova Scotia. It's really cool. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, Steph, I am so glad that you came on here and it, um, you know, we always kind of do takeaways at the end of each podcast. And um, for myself, what I am taking away from this is just how courageous you are and just how when we can just show up as ourselves, that's when stuff happens. Oh, yeah, man. Yes. And like, thank you for being authentic, for being vulnerable, for being, um, yeah, just you. And that, cause I think yeah, if we all just show up as ourselves, then these incredible things happen. And that looks different for every single one of us. And thank goodness that it does. And I am so excited to watch your episode on the dragon's end, uh, even more excited to get out on the water with you and maybe <laughs> Dave can even come out yeah, with come us out, and, uh, we can have him experience that as well, but sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I, you, you, you stole my takeaways. Um, clearly, <laughs> that's just that idea of being, I love authenticity. And as soon as you got on, I felt like, hey, okay, no stuff, you know, like, and that's a nice feeling, right? And yeah. you can, you just, you, you see someone and you just, they just, this is who I am. Right. And, right. and yeah. it, gives, it gives everyone permission to be who they are. And, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, really, you know, we, I really we, love that. It's oh, really thanks, Dave. Quality and, and, and what it does is it makes me even more interested in Rabbit Town. And I want to try the products, you know, probably because I like the product. I guarantee I will. But yeah. more because I just like, I find you so intriguing, right? So it's kind of a, it's that, what we talked about earlier. You know, we, we are, we are our, our companies in many sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like one thing um, we did, it. we hosted a big, uh, June was Pride Month and, and uh, we hosted this really cool we featured a lot of local um, LGBTQ uh, owned businesses and we interviewed them and, and then Cass and I got interviewed and the number one thing we both said, and, and this is really what like encompasses our company or my company values is just authenticity is, is your best quality um, and no judgment, like absolutely no judgment, no assumptions and no judgment. So you know, I worked at, at Boom Nightclub, which is a local gay bar here for, for years. And the, the, the folks that used to walk through that door, you were just like, my God, you are beautiful. And it wouldn't matter what it was or who it was. Right. Because we're all, we're, you know, we're all creatures of the universe and, and just stop, don't judge people. So we don't judge rabbit town never judges. We just high five all the time. Um, and then be authentically us. And, and that, that is our number one core value is authenticity. So thanks for saying that. Em. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I love that no judgment. And, you know, with that, the no judgment of others and no judgment on ourselves Oh yeah, of how we can yes. be our worst critics. And, you know, I think of you just going in and saying like, no, like owning it, like this company is not going to fail. This is succeeding. Like if you're sitting back there judging yourself, criticizing yourself, of course, it's going to fail. You're not even yeah. giving it room to flourish. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah that's a really yeah. great message. Well, thanks. Cool. Okay. So over to John Vienne to help us finish this up. 
where everybody's going to find out the information in the podcast. Um, so the best place is our website, boilingpointpodcast.com. You can find other conversations we've had in the past. You'll find this episode, all the different information. Um, we share them through our social media accounts. So through LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, they're posted on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And we also post the lovely video recording. So you can see our guests and our hosts on YouTube and Facebook. Did you know you were being a uh, recorded Steph video? You better, good thing you're ready for your photo shoot. <laughs> okay, we're good, we're good. My hair is, it could be higher, but that's okay. <laughs> so, so could mine, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> nice meeting you. Um, I look forward to, I look forward to our fly fishing experience. Yes, man. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, yeah, thanks so much, Steph. No worries. Thank you, guys. Bye. Yeah. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Boiling Point Podcast. Remember to subscribe and rate our podcast on your favorite listening platform. To find out more, head to our website at boilingpointpodcast.com. You can connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. To find out more about Dave Vale's work, head over to visioncoachinginc.com. Thanks for listening, and make sure to check out our next conversation. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.